Welcome to Porch Talk. My name is Jason Humphreys. This song's called uh, If Nobody Hears. Every second 
Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. We are in Nettleton, Mississippi. It's around Tupelo. You may be familiar. Elvis Presley. Or maybe even a Jason Isbell song. Nonetheless, I have a singer-songwriter here with me, Jason Humphreys. Hey, everybody. Jason, how you doing this evening? I'm doing good. How about you? Good, buddy. Uh, glad to have you on. Pleasure. Jason is someone who has... Um, Stepping into our lives at Munson Brothers by uh, coming out to the the open mics, and uh, he recently played his first show uh, this past Friday at Munson and Brothers, and uh, it was a good show. And I got to I got to see a lot more of him that I that I hadn't seen yet. Uh, he played uh, what songs that were twenty years old. Yeah, yeah, some older than that, I guess. Some, some yeah. around yeah. thirty. So, it's, and it's always nice. Uh, you know, I, I like a cover song just as much as anybody else, but uh, I, I like a songwriter. Yeah, and I like to uh, I like to hear what made them. And so, uh, on that, man, uh, tell me a little bit about who you are. Where are you from? Uh, well, I was uh, I grew up over in uh, right on the edge of Alabama Mississippi line, uh, just in the edge of Alabama. Went to school at uh, at Tremont. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, a lot of folks know that where that is. It's about it's about a, a town of about three hundred uh oh, right man. there on the on the uh Mississippi Alabama line, uh there off of I twenty two. And uh but uh grew up there. Um as far as you know, music's been a part of my life my whole life. Uh my I had an uncle that played guitar, he was a preacher in a uh Pentecostal uh denomination church of god of prophecy and uh and uh i grew up in that in that denomination and and you know song books are a suggestion not a not a rule everybody's playing by ear and uh uh you know it's it just a you know that environment and then uh so my mother and grandmother and all my family was was really into that and then my grandfather on uh saturday nights would sit in the kitchen drinking beer and listening to the radio so uh, and, uh, you know, all the country stuff that, uh, that was around, I mean, I was, you know, this 80, 81, you oh, know, you when were I was enamored up, with it and, uh, you know, all the, all the country stuff that was around then. So, uh, that's, you know, that's kind of where I will, you know, uh, what I was around all my life. So, uh, and then I, I never, I, I was always was a big music fan as far as listening to music and everything, but, uh, it was about, uh. I was about 15 or 16 years old, uh, about 15 or 16, whenever I learned, to, started learning to play guitar. And uh, 
just happened to be around just kind of the perfect storm just learned a couple little licks or whatever uh on an acoustic guitar one night and uh and of course that guitar stayed around long enough for me to just uh, uh mess around with that and then i happened to be exposed and around some guys that were i mean i was like 15 uh some maybe the summer i turned 16 and these guys were all in their uh you know probably mid 30s at the time mm-hmm. but they would get together and you know there and it was just a, it was a short period it was probably a, a period of you know six or eight months there but every friday night that's you know there was a group of people playing guitar and <coughs> they were gracious enough to let me be around them and uh and pick up and absorb that and then after you know of course after you learn the the basics you can pretty much teach yourself and of course this was back long time before youtube or anything like that so oh, oh, anything, yeah, was, oh yeah that's totally different time yeah <coughs> if i can get my coughing spell out of where i'm from in kennedy man it's it's not much bigger and uh it's right on the alabama mississippi line and we had uh you know i would say like most of the musicians that came out i, I came out of a church mm-hmm uh, but I was also like exposed to uh, music outside of the church, and we had a place that was called the Barn, mm-hmm. and it may not mean anything to anyone outside of like the Kennedy, Millport, maybe South Lamar area, but it was run by a family known as the Striplings, mm-hmm. and I don't know if a baby ever came out of a stripling wound that uh, couldn't play an instrument, yeah. <laughs> and so. Every Friday, Saturday night, you'd go out to the barn on the Stripling property, mm-hmm. property, and uh, boy, they was going to play for you. They was yeah. going to put it on the show, and it was always it was always good to get that that exposure because I right. mean, like you didn't, yeah, I mean you could you could drive thirty minutes to go to Columbus or forty five to an hour to go to Tuscaloosa, but I mean it was right in your backyard, mm-hmm. and it was all you wanted. Yeah, it was all you needed, really. Mm-hmm. And they were playing that, that just good old country bluegrass music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's uh, that blue. Uh, you know, bluegrass. Somebody can play if somebody can really play that. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's about as top level of uh, instrumentalist as you can get. It's, it's yeah, that stuff's amazing. Violins, banjos, mm-hmm. and I mean even washboards and getting it all yeah. out there. There's a cat. Uh, he he would come to uh, our open mic at Monson's. Uh, J.D. Spencer and they're all out in Caledonia and he brought a uh, the first time he came out and played a, heck it was the only time but um, he he brought a, maybe his father-in-law and uh, he would play the fiddle Yeah. and um, they did uh, Seminole Wind mm-hmm. it would blow your hair back it was, it was just unbelievable and uh, man I've we, we've I mean, the open mic, we've been doing it over two years now, and uh, just some of the talent that has come through. And I always loved it when those violin players or banjo players would kind of hang around, and you never really knew what you was going to get when it came to, like, if a singer-songwriter would be like, yeah, you know, this key of A, you'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. It's always good to, like, let them mesh up, (laughs) see what comes out. Yeah, those those guys can just uh, jump in with... uh Hang in there with him. Yeah, I just need to know the key and yeah, let's go. I'll <laughs> yeah. figure it out. Yeah, they'll get in there. 
Well, man, uh, I mean, you talked a little bit about like uh, early exposure when it came to uh, the Pentecostal church, and then mm-hmm. you would have a, a span of, you said, six to eight months with these guys who were just in the in that small area, that mm-hmm. small town, um, and even the radio. But uh, when would you uh, acquire your first guitar, and how'd that come down? So, uh, well, my, my first one was whenever I was a, a, a little kid, you know, seven or eight, you know, I said I had an uncle that, uh, that played and he got me one, but I never, you know, it was like, here's a guitar, you know, and he was, you know, probably preaching down in South Mississippi or somewhere. And I saw him two or three times a year and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not really exposed to anybody that, that, you know, here, here's a guitar and here's an old Mel Bay book. And, you know, I didn't know, you don't know how to tune it. You don't know, you don't, you know, you're just lost and uh so that never did uh do anything the the guitar i think dad stepped on it one night because oh, i left no. it out or something but uh uh but that you know so that was you know seven or eight whenever i got that so but my second guitar that i ever got uh i bought uh an old harmony uh archtop f hole guitar at a uh at a pawn shop you know I, after i learned a couple of things i was like okay i'm gonna how would you say he was uh 16 probably 15 16 yeah and uh and uh you know i think i was making uh four dollars and something an hour so <laughs> it took like half my paycheck and bought bought a 40 dollar oh, yeah. guitar or whatever and uh uh you know it uh so that's you know i, I and i had that guitar as a matter of fact a, a friend of mine my best friend uh he still got that guitar uh oh we, wow uh, yeah I, I, at one time i was going to re uh re uh finish it and everything and i stripped it down and partially painted it and everything and i ended up giving it to him and he's uh he still got it he's got it stickered up and everything but uh it's <laughs> just a just a showpiece now but uh the uh but yeah that was so that was my you know the first thing that i'd ever bought of course uh uh as far as a guitar goes and and that's probably wrote my first uh first songs on that guitar uh uh well i know what i know what would have because I, I probably had been playing maybe six months or so whenever i wrote my first started writing and uh, oh you you were kind of out of the gate knowing that you were oh, gonna yeah. be a writer yeah yeah well i'd always i've always uh written like you know you know when i was young you know i've always loved language and and writing and reading and all that i mean i've always been you know that part of it so it'd be like stories or maybe poetry yeah Yeah. and uh and the uh so i you know i went through so i did and i'll kind of get to this but i did most of my writing really from the time i was as far as songwriting and and stuff probably from the time i was say 16 till i was you know 22 23 (laughs) something like that and uh and then you know the and you know, I think you uh, you kind of go through a you know, you of course you grow up, you know, grow into adulthood during that time. But you kind of your your way of thinking is different then than it'll ever be any other time Absolutely. in your life. And I'm I'm really glad uh, because I I I didn't journal necessarily, but I you know I actually wrote poems and stuff, and I've I've got them all. I've got them in in books, you know. I would I would fill out uh just record books, uh hardback record books with uh with poems and thoughts and, and stuff. 
uh, from that time. So, and that, you know, I still go back to that and look at stuff because it's just a, it's just a different way of, of thinking. Jason, I'm glad you kept it. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, during that time period, like you said, 16 to your early 20s is, I mean, your brain is still forming. You're still trying to figure out the world, and mm-hmm. uh, on top of you think you know everything. Yeah. And uh, I mean, but like, I mean, those are some of the most heartfelt and uh, maybe even gut wrenching. Like, I mean, I, I still have some of those uh, songs or poems that I wrote during that time, and I lost a lot of them because, mm-hmm. like, uh, as I got older, I looked back and I was like embarrassed by it or something, and so I just kind of put it away and. And then couldn't find it anymore, and uh, yeah. I was looking back, and I was like, "Man, I, I wish I still had that." Yeah, I've got I wish, no- I, wish I kept it. Mm-hmm. I've got notebooks that have been lost in moves and everything that I wish I still had. But yeah, I mean, uh, like growing up, I was a huge fan, especially like that age group, like sixteen to twenty-two. I was a huge fan of uh, Cross Canadian Ragweed, mm-hmm. Cody Canada, and um, man, those those songs were incredible to me. Yeah. And he wrote them like during that time span, and it was crazy as he got older and like as Cross Canadian Ragweed got older and they got married and well the band broke up, you know they had mm-hmm. families now, and you would hear like Cody going out and playing a solo show and people would ask for those older songs from that era and he yeah. was, you know I wrote those when I was a kid I don't really play them anymore and I was like ah oh, that that stinks but yeah. I get it, mm-hmm. but uh I mean. You know, last show that you played at Monson's, man. Uh, I mean, you really opened up the, you opened up the, the book. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you didn't know anything back, man. I, I remember like some of my first songs. I really was embarrassed about for a time, and now I I began to share them again. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it had to take a lot to yeah. be able to open that up. Well, I, you know the 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 one that I played. Uh, I think it's whenever you came to Alicia and said you wanted the video. And uh, that was making it big, and that's just, I mean, it's just a story song. It's not about, you know, anything real or anything. It's just, and, uh, but uh, that's got, I mean, I put that on on Facebook the other day, and, and, you know, people, you know, it's got more likes and views than probably anything Mm -hmm. that I've I've put out there. And uh, it just, you know, you never know. You never, you know, and and that's the other thing is a good story song is always a good idea, you know. That's just it, and I, I've I've found like those those story songs, like you say, it may not even be something like your proudest song or your yeah. your quote unquote best, but I mean it it may be the thing that people really gravitate towards for whatever reason. Right. I mean, probably just because they relate to it. Well, and and the other thing is like you're you know if you if you write something that's super deep and meaningful and and you that's super deep and meaningful to you you know it's a big that's a big Mm -hmm. part of your personal story but it you know a lot of times it doesn't resonate because you know nobody else has that experience to that you know it's uh it's hard to that's one of the hardest things is is to it seems to be to write for an audience you know and uh as you know and kind of step outside yourself whenever you're you know uh there's a song that that I wrote uh, not long after my wife and I started dating, nearly 20 years ago now. And uh, you know, I wrote that at a time. <laughs> so I figured out pretty early on that she was the one, and it took about two years for me to convince her of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, you know, so I wrote this song, and you know, it was for better or worse, and just all this sweet stuff. 
and uh and you know so whenever i decided uh, a few years ago that i was going to get back and start playing live music and stuff and uh you know i went back and, and was looking through some of my old songs and stuff and i found that one and now i've got you know 18 19 years experience on top of that guy and I see what, for better or worse, <coughs> and sickness and health, and mm-hmm. that you know the, what that really, really means. You know, I watched uh, uh, her her father. Uh, he passed away in 2020 of ALS. You know, and I watched her mother sit beside him through all that. Mm-hmm. So, it uh, you know, and and you know, and others that have you know, it's uh, there's a lot more to it than just saying it. You know. Yeah, I mean, and a vow is a whole lot more it. than words. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, just to, just to back it up before you step back into uh, playing out again, uh, just back to that first guitar and you were writing your first songs. Of uh, take me back to your influences. Who was influencing you to want to play? And I mean, before crafting your own songs, like who were you imitating? Um. So, of course, it was you know. Uh, the guys that I was learning from, you know, there was, you know, it was all Eagles and, uh, yeah. and, uh, as well, the, I was talking to a friend of mine just last night, the, the guy, and he doesn't necessarily play any, you know, or anything, mm-hmm. uh, but we just happened to be sitting around, you know, probably drinking beer or whatever we were doing at, at that time at a friend's house, and, and he just happened to know the little intro to Stairway to Heaven, and, uh, a uh, kind of a a faked version of uh, uh, Freebird, and th- those were the first two things I learned them in one night. You know, just sitting there and messing with it, and messing with it, and messing with it till I got it. And uh, but that was enough to hey, I can you know I, I can probably do this. You know, if, mm-hmm. if that's that's all there is to it. And uh, so, but then the guys that I was around, I mean, there was a lot. Of, you know, we were playing Eagles and John Cougar Mellencamp, and you know all that you know that type stuff but i was listening to uh you know pearl jam and uh, nirvana and and all that stuff so it was kind of uh uh you know you had and that's you know i had a lot of acoustic influence and, and you know and a lot of you know that type of, of music that i listened to and then on top of that you know i was listening to you know the the riff driven stuff of nirvana and uh, Pearl Jam and uh, Alice in Chains and all that stuff that was, you know, the drop D uh, riff stuff that was going on at the time. And uh, so that was... I just, I recently learned of a guy named Andrew Wood. Mm-hmm. He was a Columbus, yeah. Mississippi native. Yeah. He was actually roommates with Chris Cornell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Say Hello to Heaven was a tribute song yeah. to him. Yeah, the whole Long- album, Temple of the Dog album was, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, Wood by Allison Chains. That was in dedication mm-hmm. to Andrew. Uh, even Eddie Vedder wrote a song or two. And I was like, wow, what an yeah. impact. Like, just a boy like you or me from Mississippi mm-hmm. had on those guys out in Seattle during that grunge sound. Yeah. And uh, Vedder, for the most part, is one of the only guys left mm-hmm. uh, as far as a front man. Right. Yeah. yeah. What, a, what, and, a, what an impact. Mm-hmm. And like... Uh, you know that that was an interesting time to, and, and it's are we ever, you know are we going to see something like that again? You know that's the that's the crazy. I mean because I don't think so. You don't consume music the same way, and also the internet. 
Mm-hmm. You know, yep. like uh, you don't have to be in a hotbed such as right. Seattle. It, it, I mean, this it could take place in. I mean, it could be as small of a town as a Kennedy or a Nettleton, mm-hmm. uh, as long as those two guys found each other yep. on the internet and they started working together. Right. Well, it I mean, look at Oliver Anthony. Yeah. this past summer came out of nowhere. I mean, yeah, it just exploded. You know, and I actually put a Facebook post out that that you know, hey, this could be. You know, this could be the next smells like teen spirit or whatever. This yeah. may be what it, it could looks be like an now. You know, yeah. And uh, but uh, but yeah, that that was a. I, I was glad I got to see that because I don't think I mean nobody consumes music uh, like used to. I would buy every you know every Tuesday whenever the new music would come out. You know, I went down to the music store, which <laughs> don't exist anymore. And, uh, you know, and I would, you know, have two or three things that I was going to get. And uh, and you would spend that, that week and that weekend riding around, and you would listen to the whole thing. And, of course, we had I had cassette players. I didn't have the CD players. So if, you know, if there weren't five, if half the album wasn't good, I wasn't going to give the other half the album the, the opportunity to grow on. Right. So I mean, we consumed music an album at a time, not a song or two, mm-hmm. and, and you know, not a not a mixtape playlist. I mean, of course, we had those, but I mean, it was that's you know, that's the way we consume music. Is you bought uh, the Wallflowers bringing down the horse, and you listen to that thing over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and there there were that's albums had to be full complete albums at that time to. Yeah, to make the move. I mean, and also I remember like coming. This is when CDs were beginning to go out, uh, late nineties, early two thousands, and getting burnt really bad by bands or artists. Where mm-hmm. you would buy a CD because of that hit song on the radio, and that was all there was. Mm-hmm. But I mean, once again, like you said, did I not sit there and let it grow on me? Well, I mean, everything was beginning to move so fast-paced as it is now, mm-hmm. 100 miles an hour, to where, well, there's 100 other albums to check out. I don't have time to do that. Yeah. And then, I mean, uh, Semisonic, they recently uh, celebrated, it may be 21 years now, but uh, the album were their big song, Closing Time, Feeling Strangely Fine, which happened to be a spectacular album through and through. Uh and I'm guilty. I picked it up because of closing time. It was a great song. But when you sit down with that album, that ain't nowhere near the best song on that album. Right. That was just the hit. Mm-hmm. But that, that wasn't the album. The album, like I, I like every other song on that album better than the, the hit song. Yeah. It's just kind of how you, you, you let it go. The Probably that from... Probably as far as cover to cover, the best song, best album... Uh, or my, you know, and I haven't listened to it in a long time. Well, I'm talking from that '90s era, you know, that uh, that last gasp of, yeah. of, of you know, uh, yeah, grunge big, was going out, yeah, and here big comes label else. rock and roll was uh, the color and the shape by the Foo Fighters. That that is such a good album. The whole thing is is just really good, and every song on it's different. Uh, I think my favorite song on that album was that slower one, and I'm I'm blanking on the name, uh, but it was talking about a dusty room and and maybe 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 I could share it with you. Oh man, what is the name of that song? Maybe it'll come. But uh, that was that was my first exposure to the Foo Fighters, mm-hmm. and 
Uh, me too. I don't and, know and, that I've and, ever listened to the one that had Big Me and all that on it. And and that was a that was a deep cut. That song I'm trying mm-hmm. to sing and remember. Like that wasn't even the song on the mm-hmm. album. That was like off in the distance. Yeah. You know, it was like a hidden, like a track nine or something. Yeah. You had to work to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Those those were there were there were a lot of strong albums. You know, all the Counting Crows albums. Those were you know they were lyrically driven and they were you know super just great albums. Yeah. But, uh, Step it back to, uh, I mean, lyrically driven like that. I mean, with with your writing, just over the years. I mean, how would you consider like uh, your work and what you've cataloged over the year? Is do you consider yourself more of a lyricist or like? Uh, yeah, I mean, especially the early stuff. I mean, early stuff was usually, uh, you know, it would usually be, you know, course verse, course verse, and probably the chord, same chord progression throughout you know maybe maybe a little change little in the chord yeah. progression but uh so i'm since i've started writing again uh uh as of you know now that i'm i'm older i try i'm trying to be uh a little more you know explore things uh, melodically a little more and uh kind of get into the you know uh, the actual theory and, and everything to do with that, yeah, absolutely uh, that piece of it. So, uh, who are some uh, who are some guys today that uh, influences you? Uh, well, like uh, it's 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 hard to find music today, but uh, you know, I I was telling you know before this we were talking, and uh, you know, I, you were you know I told you that uh, I'd never heard of Abe Partridge until mm-hmm. I saw you do that uh, that Jesse James song, and then I looked him up and and. Uh, and of course, I'd heard of the Red Clay Strays, but I had never listened to any of them. And I, you know, I started listening to them as a through that. And and those guys, I mean, that stuff's great. Uh, uh, there was, you know, and I used to find a lot of music uh, whenever I was a member out at Old Amory at the golf course. And you know, those guys would have you know Spotify playlists with all this stuff mm-hmm. on it. And, you know, like Tyler Childers and and all that stuff. I mean, that's uh, that's probably you know that's uh blacktop mojo you know any you know some a lot of that stuff's what i'm listening to nowadays uh yeah i mean where i'm at and uh, i mean this just back to abe of for a second is like uh towns earl uh i like early james and the latest of uh, pony bradshaw of uh, a partridge of uh, john prine yeah uh Jason Isbell. Yeah. And, man, I'll, I'll go through seasons and spells to where that's, I mean, the whole drive up here, it wasn't a mm-hmm. bad drive. It was about an hour. But, I mean, that was filled with Jason Isbell and John Prine and uh, Old Crow Medicine Show. And mm-hmm. uh, and I can I can see it in my writing and, like, where I'm thinking, like, when I pick up my instrument at night before I yeah. go to bed is, like, the influence on it. And I'm always trying to, like, Okay, I have wrote a song on the second capo with these same chords forever. What have I got to do? I've got to flare this up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, those Psych P shows with Abe Partridge, like that was a big part of like why I put Jesse James in the in the mm-hmm. repertoire. Was like this song, it's a lot different than me, and it's also like uh, most of my songs are kind of on the low end of the roller coaster. Like this will help get people back up the hill yeah like on the fun side yeah 
it's 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 always easy to write those slower ones and then it is to, it's hard to write a it's hard to write a toe tapper yeah uh, yeah <laughs> yeah I've, I found myself on those playlists it's like uh help me speed things up please <laughs> i'm a little yeah. melodramatic over here uh, well uh man just back to your story just for a little bit and so uh man you're picking up you're learning you uh free bird and stairway to heaven i've exited in high school i've would you uh, join the workforce, or would you go to college for a sp- yeah, spell? Yeah, no, I, w- I went straight to went straight to work, and uh, and kind of you know I would uh, I did I've I've done it I've done everything from uh, I kind of bounced around from you know say uh, seventeen eighteen to you know I think I went back to school at twenty one uh, for a little while, uh, and uh, you know I you know worked in garment plants and uh the uh you know that that industry it, it left you know whenever uh it kind of went it went to south america which i wrote a song about that at that <laughs> time uh and uh the uh so there you know we you know a lot of those type jobs and then i just said well I'm, i need to do something so i went back to school and you know didn't finish there and uh Went back to work, uh, and that's when I went kind of into the trades, you know, uh, carpentry and flooring and uh, learning how to do all this stuff, you know, as far as remodeling and stuff. Very cool, and, uh, by the way. Thank you. And, uh, but, uh, you know, that, so, I, I mean, I'm glad to have had that, you know, five, you know, four, five, six years of experience there to, to learn that. And then uh, I went to, went to work at Tiffin Motorhomes in Red Bay for a while. And my back and had started bothering me by that time. And my dad, he was on he was on disability when he was like forty five, forty six, which is my age now. Right. Uh, he had you know worked in trailer plants and stuff. And uh, so I decided that was probably not the the best uh, road to stay on. So uh, I think I started selling insurance for a little while, and and ultimately ended up going back to school and uh, getting a. Uh, getting an associate's degree in drafting and uh and just happened to to hit it just right to kind of uh look my way into a job or be blessed with a with a job that uh that you know that I'm still still involved with I mean that's my career and uh you know that you know paid well had room for advancement and you know that's uh that's what I'm doing today uh Actually, part owners in a in an engineering firm now. So right on, dude. I've man, when I exited high school, that was uh, I, my grandmother had to beg me to go to uh, trade school or community college or anything. Like when I got out of high school, I was like, I'm done. I'm not going. Oh, mm-hmm. That ain't for me. I'm not going. And I remember, uh, well, your friends or your best your best buddies are at Shelton State in Tuscaloosa. So won't you go take a tour at least for me? Yeah. And I remember walking the halls of the trade school, and I saw AutoCAD drafting, mm-hmm. and I saw the guys working on circuit boards, and I saw robotics, and I was like, any of this would, would yeah. do. Yeah. Like, I like all of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would pursue uh, industrial electronics was what they called it at that time, and it was like a smorgasbord of almost all of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, still to this day, I mean, like you, I'm, I'm still in the field, and I'm still advancing. Yeah, And I, I've thought, I've I've said that for you know for uh for a year i mean i had to wander around till i was you know 30 
mm-hmm. you know, just because the the imp, the industry the was changing. Well, just the emphasis of of your education is, you know, to lead you to college. Everybody, I mean, that's it's not necessarily for everybody. Sure. I mean, there, you know, uh, if you're a if you're a plumber and you're not you're not making good money right now, it's pretty much because you don't want to. I think you know. I mean, there uh, you know yeah. a trade is is extremely valuable and it's you know something that to be respected. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's not all about going to college and getting a degree yeah. necessarily. I mean, and, I mean uh, it shouldn't be. Uh, and just yeah. go ahead and say you don't respect or need a plumber until you need one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you're hurting. Mm-hmm. I recently had to have one, but I was glad I had one on the horn. That's true. I'm telling you, electrician's the same. All mm-hmm. those traits. Yep. They're, they're, I mean, that's the. I don't know why we, you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, by the time you're tenth, eleventh grade, you you kind of know. You where know, the chips are going to fall. Where you're headed, you mm-hmm. know, if if you're, you know, and could make that, you know, at least earn something of value. To oh, carry I mean. it forward at that point, but brother, uh, like at my high school at South Lamar, by the time I hit uh, high school, like ninth grade, they had shut down the ag department. Mm-hmm. All the guys were forced to go to home ag. Yeah, like now, granted, we had a vocational school at the county seat in mm-hmm. Vernon, to where you could go learn welding, and a lot right. of a lot of us got mm-hmm. out to go do that. Yeah. Or even they had a CNC and machining and things like that. And a lot of us got out to go do that. Mm-hmm. But for the most of us, like, we we never even got an opportunity to see what we might be interested. Yeah. And then we were we graduated. And the only thing we knew was, like, I like girls. Yeah. Girls are cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, you know, of course, we had a vocational uh, department or vocational education, too. But it wasn't, I mean, you didn't. You didn't. Re- I mean, you knew people that were going that route, but I mean, it wasn't. You know, nobody was talking to you about it. No teachers, no counselors, anything mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it was just. Uh, you know, you. I don't. I don't even know how you, you go to college. That. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything was. Hey, you know, get your GPA up. And- mm-hmm. What about? Uh, I mean, you mentioned. Uh, you know, you wrote the song on the garment plant, and you went back to school. You got into drafting, and that's where you are, uh, how you make your livelihood. What brought you back to uh, want to pull the guitar out and want to go play for people again? <laughs> so uh, so kind of to back up, so, uh, you know, there after I learned to play and everything, uh, I was in a lot of bands in my late teens, early 20s, but it was a lot of let's get together and drink some beer and practice and practice <laughs> and practice. And, hey, we've got a party to play and... Yeah, uh, you know that that type of thing. I mean, it was not it was not going anywhere. anywhere. Uh, it's all covers, and but I, I just uh, uh, Jeff uh, Sanders, the 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 drummer of uh, for Nine Lives Gone. I just happened to be over at his house. We'd played golf together for years, and we both knew each other played music, but we'd never gotten together and played or anything. And I just happened to be over at his house watching the uh, Ole Miss Alabama game uh, in twenty one, and. Uh, Joe McGonigal, who uh, owns Piggly Wiggly and uh, around the well, all the Piggly Wigglies around here, and uh, but he had Smoking Bros Restaurant right there by Piggly Wiggly and Amory, which all that's tornado tore up by the tornado now. But uh, he uh, he called Jeff and uh, and said, "Hey, 
you know, I'm wanting to start doing live music. Can you get a band together? So Jeff was like, yeah, and probably. And so Jeff hangs up the phone and he tells us about it. And I said, I just offhandedly said, well, I should have brought a guitar. I could, you know, I could audition for you. And he's like, oh, I got a guitar. Well, we went on and watched the ball game eight and, you know, didn't really mm-hmm. think anything else about it. So we were sitting around that night and I said, well, let's, you go back there and get the cajon and I'll, I'll get the guitar. <coughs> And uh, so I, pl- I may may have made it through two songs, and he was like, "Oh yeah, we're going to do that gig." So that was Saturday night. We had to play a four-hour show Woo! the next Saturday, and I haven't played in front of anybody other than singing well, at church. That, in get that rust off, buddy. Years. Yeah, and uh, so we practiced one time. Would you be fronting? You'd be playing yeah. and singing. Yeah, and uh, for the most part, yeah, Every, you just mo- most of the songs I was singing and. Uh, and uh, so we played. What was the repertoire like? What was y'all? It was everything. Wait, I mean, was classic still, rock. Still, our our set list is just all over the board. Just classic rock. Uh, I mean, we do everything from. I mean, we've got like three print songs in the in the set. I mean, it's it's uh oh, it's cool. all over the place. And uh, uh, but uh, yeah, southern rock and and all that stuff, and just hitting something for everybody. New country stuff. But uh, but yeah, we so I mean, and and then after that, I mean, it was just you know we we played regularly, and uh, we were uh, this past football season we played over at Oxford. That's wild. <laughs> Oxford, I've there. never had a bad time there playing, buddy. Yeah. We, uh, man, proud Larrys or any of that. Yeah. We played over at the Round Table. I don't know, probably six or seven times over there this this past football season. But yeah, uh, but it's it, I mean it's covers and it's. Uh, I mean, you're, you're playing. Yeah. You're playing to the audience and what mm-hmm. they want to hear. Yeah. Especially if it's football season. I mean, everybody's just wanting to have a good time mm-hmm. and hear something that they know. Yeah. But I just, I mean, just happened to, again. Just kind of blessed into a situation or looked into it or whatever you want to call it. But uh, well, with that band, man, who all is a part of it? And you talked a little bit uh, about the formation of it. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess it's always you know it's Jeff's vehicle. It was you know he had he already had the name. He's been playing under that name for uh-huh. a long time. And uh, Jeff's the by far the best drummer I've ever played with. He's he's uh he really knows. Hold his on stuff. tight, man. They're hard to come by. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> he uh, but um, it's uh, it was it was him me, um, Jason Taylor is the other guitarist, and then we went through <laughs> we went through a slew of bass players. Uh, <laughs> And uh, Stanley Whitfield's the the bass player now. And uh, but I, I put together a promo uh, video, from, I guess right around uh, January or February of last year. And I was putting together all these clips, and I'm like, you know, putting together this five minute video with clips from you know six or seven songs or whatever. And I'm like, every one of these has a different bass player. So I get. To, so I get to the end, you know, this is to send out for to get gigs. So I get to the end and I said, uh, you know, it's rolling up in front of us playing. And it says, uh, no, no, you know, no animals were harmed in the making of this film, but we did go through a lot of bass players. <laughs> so Very cool. And, uh, I mean, just apart from Nine Lives, right? Yeah, Nine Lives Gone. Nine Lives Gone. Uh, what made you want to step out and do the solo? Uh well I've you know I've got you know I've got whatever forty songs or whatever I've I've got stockpiled and I'm you know you, writing like more in your band practice have y'all started like we've we've done a we we do a few uh we we do a few 
Um, but it's no, it, you know, probably ain't catered to that side. Right, yeah, and it's and plus, I mean, it's hard. It's a different. It's a different thing, you mm-hmm. know. It's hard to, um, you know, you go into in the environments where you're where you're getting, you know, band pay, and they don't want to hear your originals. You know, they want you to come in and entertain, you know, and play stuff that everybody knows and can sing along with or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just it's just a different thing than than trying to book you know solo stuff plus i'm uh we just bought my wife and i bought uh back in the summer uh like 30 acres of land over in alabama so we're gonna try to build a house over there and uh farm and all that stuff uh over there so i couldn't really commit to saturday nights either uh i can kind of book on my own but i can't you know it's hard for me to and i couldn't tie their hands to that's uh, that's one thing that recently opened up to me, and this would be more a little bit further south than where we are uh, around Meridian that area. But uh, uh, there's there's been a couple of venues that are about to start booking, and I'll I'll put you on them if you'd like. But uh, yeah. uh, the owner texts me. He was like Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Any of those days sound good? I was like, I love a Tuesday mm-hmm. or Wednesday. I love a midweek Absolutely. gig. Yeah, because I, I my weekends are sacred. And especially like if I can if I can work somewhere, mm-hmm. I'd rather work the and play my gigs during the week. Yeah, that's that's great to me. Yeah, um, I mean even like uh, with some of the uh, some of the new open mics and opportunities that we have popping up around here. Mm-hmm. I mean everything everybody wants to do it on a Thursday, and I was like, you know, there's one there's more than one mm-hmm. day a week. Yeah, that's, I mean, we got a Monday, mm-hmm. we got Tuesday. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, so. Uh, and, and I don't know. I don't know why that's. You know, I understand. I understand why it's a big night in college towns and stuff because mm-hmm. you know it's, you're, uh, you're prepping up for the weekend. Yeah, everybody may be going home for the weekend or whatever. But uh, uh, but I, I never did really understand why. You know, just in general, Thursday nights is supposed to be such a big night. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's so. It, uh, I, that's what I'm kind of focusing on right now. This year, I kind of, you know, was planning on uh, doing some recording. It, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to use a doll and, uh, and and all that stuff. If you need yeah. help, reach out to me, man. Okay. I mean, what I'm using right yeah. now, it's easy play. But uh, also, have you heard of Sun Bear Studios? Mm-mm. Look that up sometime. Okay. Uh, that he's a uh, he used to be the mayor. Uh, this is around this neck of the woods i'll look it up when we get finished up here but uh while he was mayor and i mean he's retired now even when he was in the workforce he was just a music lover mm-hmm. when he retired he built a music studio and i'm talking dude he will let you come in there and like he charges by the hour but it's, it's practically giving it away it's like really? 25 an hour wow and he's he's actually pretty handy with his tools and yeah. he has nice equipment but he just does it for the love of the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had friends go there uh, to Sun Bear Studios. And, I mean, everyone that I've heard that worked with him was like, 10 out of 10, I highly recommend it. Yeah. You know, I mean, and they use those recordings on their Spotify or whatever else. Mm-hmm. So it's it's good stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, also, I mean, um, man, I'm, these mics that we run on right now that we're mm-hmm. talking through, I mean, I'm about to – start a uh are you familiar with western af yeah yeah 
Uh, so they have like a Spotify with like the people that have come through and played for them. Mm-hmm. And so I'm about to release that for Porch Talk on Spotify. It would be okay. like, you know, just for example, yep. it would be here's Jason Humphries and here's a couple of songs that he shared. And these were mm-hmm. these were shot in his dining room, off his dining room table. And uh, it's a one shot. It's a very dirty recording. Yeah. I hope you like it. Yeah. You know, and it kind of gives, it's very mm-hmm. bare bone, but it gives you a great idea of what it would be like if you were sitting in a, a small room like Munson's and yeah. listening to Jason, you know? Yeah. It's, and there's there's something about that that I really enjoy. I love that mm-hmm. bare bone. Yeah. I've got some, uh, which I've, I've worked on several songs right you know right before Christmas. And uh, with, uh, I've, got, I've got an old Tascam digital 8-track. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had that thing forever. And, and so I got it out the other day just to get some... Uh, some scratch guitar tracks and vocals that are on tempo and all that uh rather because i've tried to do it straight into the and and we're getting really granular with this stuff but uh i tried to do it straight into the computer and i just start nitpicking and moving stuff around and trying to get it you know trying to fix it as i get and it just it's it's nearly impossible if you try to do it like that Mm -hmm. it's just a different mindset than you know trying to get a full take is the you know what you're used to and in there it's kind of get good pieces and piece it together so. mm-hmm. well uh walk me up to today is uh you just this past friday you were with us at munson and brothers mm-hmm. uh what uh what does the future hold for you uh with music i know we got porch fest coming you'll be uh solo uh, yep. on april 13th yes uh there uh what about nine lives gone or have you uh I don't have anything uh, booked right now. Uh, if you know nine lives, if we you know if they need me to fill in, uh, uh, you know I'll you know told them I you know agreed that I would I would do some of that. But uh, but I don't I don't have anything on the books until Porch Fest right now. So right. I've got to I've got to get on the uh, uh, get on that this week as as far as getting some stuff. But like I say, I'm trying to get some. Uh, get some recording done and get some stuff out on spotify and all that stuff you know absolutely that, that, that i haven't done yet so there's there's plenty of stuff to do yeah. uh, to get prepared and, for that so. i mean that's so important uh and i mean i've even venues like uh sometimes i'll try to help friends get gigs and the the booker well, can you send me an epk or can you mm-hmm. how many followers do they have on spotify and i was like Buddy, I'm just telling you that he's good. Yeah. Like you trust me or not. <laughs> and I mean, and and that's the you know, I, uh, bless any of them that that will you know that'll have you yeah. know folks, especially if they're you know doing in there doing original music or whatever, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and, and hosting these open mics and stuff because I mean that stuff's that's super important because that's where. Uh, that's where all those cover songs started from at some point. You know, mm-hmm. everything that everybody's playing that everybody wants to hear and everybody already knows. I mean, all that stuff started there. And, uh, you know, without that, you know, it just it dies on the vine. So. Yeah, I mean, I just, just from the open mic, uh, like, I highly encourage people to come out and play with us. I mean, I can't tell you how many people came and played the open mic at Munson's, and next thing you know, they got a full gig. Yeah, you know, or that 
help them meet somebody and next thing you know they got a band starting i mean you never know how it might work if you show up and show out right. you know I've, I've i've always enjoyed uh even if i'm not playing just being in the crowd yeah i mean you what a what a way to see the inside of the local talent for whatever town you're in yeah and that's i mean that's one thing i hate that uh you know that we lost smoking bros because that was you know we would be on in there on saturday night and there would be you know we'd be in there playing or somebody even somebody else would be in there playing there'd be two or three of us in there and there'd be you know a couple guys from another band or something Mm -hmm. in there i mean it was it was all you know there was kind of beginning to be a little almost a little scene there for a little while and you know uh which i mean they're they're still you know the pub does live music uh there in amory and uh they host an open mic and uh shannon waits yeah uh, hosts that one and uh and he's he's playing in there a good bit uh so that you know that's that's good that, that we've still got those places but yeah, we need them and i'm thankful for it and i'm glad like shannon or even a hunter up in tupelo mm-hmm. i mean that we have musicians that are local to those scenes that are willing to host it yeah to put it on uh it's needed uh, Jason, uh, anything else that we missed before we begin to walk this out the door? I don't think so. Uh, just you know, look out for me in the in the future. Oh, and my name is H U M P H R E S. No I. Yeah. It's, it's Google will correct it to, to add an I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you won't find me like that. <laughs> that will happen. Uh, well, yeah. Let's uh, let's do that. Three three uh, questions to walk it out. Uh, if people wanted to connect with you and your music, uh, where's the best place to find you right now on Facebook? Right now it's Facebook. Yeah. Right on. And that is Jason Humphreys without the I. Yeah, that's it. Uh, question two. Uh, man, if you could uh, go see anyone live right now, who would you want to go see? And it could be more than one. That's, it's got to be the, it's gotta be the strays. Oh, boy. <laughs> They're great. I mean... It, just the the stuff that I've seen, and I, I like I say I hadn't until last week I hadn't really listened to them any, but man, they're, they're just their their live stuff that's on YouTube is just it's there's there's nothing else going on like that. I mean that's just when I was in Mobile uh, that six year span I lived down there. Uh, it was my last year down there, and uh, Cam Lewis he'll be at, he'll be playing Porch Fest as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait for y'all to meet, but uh. Cam called me. He said, uh, "If you ain't doing anything this afternoon, go out to Doherty's on Dolphin Island, and uh, there's these young bucks called the Red Clay Strays. Mm-hmm. You want to go see that?" And I went. And uh, I I had been playing the Mobile scene too, and I had seen their name around, but they were just getting going. Yeah. And I mean, right when I s- saw them that first time, I was like. I don't think you'll be able to see them in a venue this small very long. And now they got a full-fledged tour bus, and, I mean, they're all over the nation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it hadn't, you know, if COVID hadn't have happened. Yeah, who knows I mean, what they ran that. They, they, what, they toured that album for, they've toured that album for like three or four years, mm-hmm. haven't they? They have. Yeah. Yep. Switched management and had all kind of ebbs mm-hmm. and flows. I mean, maybe that was uh, maybe that was a blessing in disguise. I don't know. But, uh them boys are doing everything right and they're young and a lot of times you know people get taken advantage of during that yeah. time but uh they got a lot of guys who have been in the game for a while watching over them and mm-hmm. helping them so 
such as Abe or uh, Sean Byrne out of Nashville. So I'm real thankful for those boys, and I wish them the very best. Yeah. The last question to walk it out the door is, um, what was your favorite part of this conversation? <laughs> uh, probably just the the looking back and uh, and getting the, getting an opportunity to Tell talk about it a little bit. I hadn't. I mean, this is the first time I've done anything like this. So right so. on. Well, brother, you got some songs to share. Yeah, yeah. All I'll right, share a couple. Right on. So this this is the song I wrote about uh about the garment industry uh, shutting down. This is called NAFTA. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.